This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what is good? Uh, I'm waiting on Stu here. I told him, told him 320, started the room at 319, uh, but just waiting for him to get up here. And then, um, then I'll have people come in one by one here. Oh man, what a win, man. That was, uh, that was, um, showed a lot of, a lot of balls, man. That win showed a lot of balls. I mean, you're down, you're down what thirty nine to fifteen, and you outscore them fifty two to twenty from that point, I believe. Is that it? No, no, no. Thirty nine twenty five. Okay, thirty nine twenty five. Um, you outscore them forty, yeah, forty two to forty two to. 20 go plus 22 from being down 14 that's huge i mean that like that just shows you man that that just shows you um where this team is at mentally and they didn't even play that well they did not they did not play that well and you're going to wisconsin a team who if we look at their schedule i mean you know, they just beat Nebraska, but, you know, lose to Illinois, lose to Penn State. They've pretty much been losing every other game. And they're coming into this like, hey, look, we have an opportunity to win two in a row because we got Iowa coming up. Um, but that was that was huge, man. That was really, really big. Uh, Stu, if you're in here, man, um, can you request – Is Stu even in here? What's what is Stu doing? What is Stu doing? I don't see Stu either. Stu tripping. All right. Let me see. Oh, there he is. Hey Stu. Thanks for being late, Stu. You you owe me sprint, Stu. Right what now. Are you talking about? I don't know you Jack. You, you, dog. Do some push-ups or something. I done enough push-ups today, Ant. Never stop for me. <laughs> oh man. So quick reaction. Quick reaction. Go ahead. I mean, I hate I hate this word, but it comes up in the sports lexicon all the time. Just a gritty win. God, I, I don't I don't <laughs> so like gritty. It's so gritty. I take back. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, that was gross. Uh, so gritty. Just a typical. I don't know. They were down. You knew they were going to come back and still have a chance. And it's just everything that you love about the team. Like, I wasn't, you're never really worried about them, even when they're not looking great. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was, like you said, man, gritty, 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 gritty. Um, In my opinion, if Isaiah doesn't come out with this energy in the first half, I think they're down by 17 or 18 points in the first half, and they yeah. can't come back, honestly. Because um, they'll they'll just be ex- expending so much energy trying to fight back from some insurmountable deficit against the team that wears you down every single possession. But I think Isaiah Livers, his first half, saved this whole game for them. The whole first half, their offense was just like, you're just like, dude, all right, everybody just relax. It was like almost like game four or five for them, it kind of looked like. And Livers yeah. was like, ah, this is – I'm just back to where I was when I left off <laughs> because he was killing it those last two or three games. And, yeah, I mean, without him, it would be – it would have been close to insurmountable. I mean, that's hard to say because it's – Wisconsin can play timid at times, but yeah, he saved the day. Yeah, for sure. And, like, they had – these dudes, Ryan Young, flipping up these crazy shots on Franz Wagner, like shots that you don't see yeah. going in, and you're just like, you know what? It's just that type of day. Um, but they just kept slowly crawling back. I I think the first two minutes really set the tone, too. Um, they were down by, what, 12, right? They got it to eight really, really quick. Yeah. Um, when they got it to eight, now it's like, okay, we're here. You know what I mean? It's only a three or four possession game, and there's a lot of time left to go, a lot of time left. And when you see you're down by eight, when you were really close to getting, not going to say run out the building, but in a really really tough spot against a slower-paced team, when you see yourself down by eight, you're like, hey, we can lock in over these next several minutes, and we'll probably be about one one possession away. Yeah, it's something about eight. Eight is a big number. Five is a big number. Once you get a single yeah. five, five is like, I was like, oh, we got to five from 12. Like, oh, now this is like, we're going to get this lead. Yeah, we're like, we are one three away from a big dunk, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is. Some weird psychological thing with the numbers like that. Or like one transition layup from like a big three. I don't know. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah. I hate six. I hate being down by six. I don't like being down by six. Six and nine suck. I hate six and nine. Yeah, because it's like, okay, we have to hit two threes now. You know what I mean? (laughs) But but in the second half, Wisconsin came out and, I don't know, looked a little timid. I think they ran some pretty good sets in the last, like, four or five minutes of the game. They had some off-ball movement. But why they weren't hammering Trice in the ball screen, and I said this last game, too, when they played that (laughs) hammering because in the first half the stretch bigs gave a gave Michigan a huge issue not only just the stretch big shooting but just the spacing and having to cause a lot of rotations and then they just kind of I don't know it seemed like an easy thing to go to attack because Michigan was slacking off on all the ball screens and then it's just putting bigs in very difficult positions and you have Potter and Rubers or however you say his name Rubers yeah yes like that was I think I was talking about this with um, 
G and Carter the other day where I'm just like, look, I know you guys love to swing. I know you guys love to play slower, but you have, in my opinion, in my opinion, Trice is a top three. He's probably the number three point guard in the league or number four if you really want to argue. But he's top four in the league, bar none. Carr, who else? Carr, um, who's the other guard? Who's the uh, other guard that's up there? Um, there's Carr, then there's Ayo DeSumo. Yes. After that, it's Trice, in my opinion. And yeah. the fact that they don't have this guy working in horns in the middle third of the court with guys who can shoot it and post, weird. Weird to me. And then put Aleem Ford or Tyler Wall on one wing and put Davison on the other wing because Davison is good on catch and shoot, but that dude dribbles, it's a wrap. Absolute wrap. It is a wrap. It's just, I understand some of the, I mean, I look at the numbers and maybe Trice isn't like finishing too well possessions, efficiency wise, shooting wise, but you just watch him and you're like, he's just going to create for other people. And again, it's that hockey assist type situation where even if the big man doesn't score off of the pick and pop, like it's just going to cause a lot more chaos. And if you're not, if you're not attacking and exploiting things that you find in the middle of the game, or I just did not agree with Michigan's ball screen defense. And maybe that's because they don't trust Dickinson to hard hedge or Davis to hard hedge and then recover, which I, I understand that's more the NBA style where guys just kind of back off and, the point guard just kind of gets more ground, but yeah. I don't know. It's something that I think teams that you, like that's coaching. Like you got to exploit that stuff, and it was weird to watch. I think the most impressive stat, in my opinion, the most impressive stat is I want. There's got to be someone out there who has the uh, the statistic. If you've been off for at least three games straight because of this, because of the pandemic. The game you come back, I want to see who has the least amount of turnovers. Michigan had six. Yeah, that's wild. That is crazy to me. That's that's less than what they did when they were playing. Yeah. And to do that with 20-something days off is – I know Wisconsin doesn't really get out and, like, pressure you, but still, six is wild. I will say one thing, and then I got to look at the numbers like really quick. That their assist numbers weren't too high. I guess they weren't. They didn't have too many made field goals. Yeah, I mean, twenty-four. They made had field twenty-four goals, made field goals on eleven assists. A lot of ISOs today, which I didn't yes. really mind because Wisconsin's not very athletic, so I didn't mind that really. And they, and Michigan, you know, I keep watching it, and I keep being biased watching college basketball, and I'm like, Michigan needs to like run more stuff. I'm like, no, no, they have the skills to do more ISO things and and stuff like that, yeah. and then like. Talk- or chaos with rotations that way, like having to send help. But yeah, it was really impressive. I like Wagner. It was. I like Wagner today. Yeah, but again, some lack of aggressiveness, like from even from Franz and from Smith. I think. Yeah, I think Mike turned it up in the second half, uh, yeah. aggressive wise. But Wagner, from start to finish, he was trying to get to the paint, and I think this. I think this team is a lot different when Mike Smith is also having that same mindset. Mike didn't wake up until Davison popped him in the mouth. Yeah, then he came back right away, yeah. Oh, he came back. Hey, that dude's whole game changed after that. 
and this I I want to say like from his standpoint, it's not easy. Like he's still figuring out his role. He was yeah. shooting the most shots in the whole country last year, and he's going to come from <laughs> a different role. Like it's still a day to day basis with that kid and that mindset. So like people need to still. I have to like everyone needs to like relax on him, like still let him keep figuring stuff out. But that stuff like that Davison elbow will wake you up in your competitiveness in the heart. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> and then they don't call it call oh. it F one. Look, oh. I don't mind it not being an F one. I mind it because I've seen way less get called for an F one. Mm-hmm. That's why that's like pretty, pretty, pretty irritating. But it's all good. Are you surprised that they only went eight deep? Yeah, very. I'm very surprised, too. I thought for sure we'd seen – well, that's more like a beeline thing, right? Where, like, beeline loved – like, especially when it when it's, like, tournament games, whether it's Big Ten or NCAA, yeah. he was getting, like, nine or ten guys in the first half mm-hmm. just to get their legs going. 100%. But it was I only was very what, shocked for ben- 34 minutes off the bench, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and people were like, why did you take out Isaiah? I'm like, look, we need him for the rest of the game. Like, he needs to get a breather somewhere. I know it wasn't ideal because he was the only offense, but, I mean, you have to consider the situation. Like, you can't have this dude playing, you know, 40 minutes today. No, especially when him and Franz are closers. Like, you can't be doing that to closers, and then they got jello legs, and they're going for the final drive. Like, that stuff's tough. Exactly. Uh, let's get Don up here. Don, what's up? You hear me? Yep. Hey, what's going on, Ann? Hey, Stu, how you doing, brother? Good, how are you? Doing good, man, doing good. Um, honestly, today's game was really about guts. You know, it's obvious Michigan isn't in their best of condition. You know, after, you know, two weeks, you lose a lot of your gains and a lot of your wins. So they weren't in their best shape. And, of course, they're getting in practice. They're, they're not in the best rhythm offensively. But what they have, which is going to come into play, especially once we get into March, is guts. Because there are going to be games where things don't go your way. There are going to be games where the other team throws up a lot of garbage. But they just dug in defensively. They got stops. They really just took Wisconsin out of their game, and they just methodically came back. And all of a sudden, you wake up and Michigan's down three, and then they just they just found a way to just to pass them up. It was it was so impressive just to see that this team was not in their in their best. They're, they weren't in their best shape. They weren't in their best anything, but they were still able to come out and just really willed their way to a top twenty road win after basically sitting at home for two weeks and then before just a few practices and then come to Wisconsin and get that dub. It's just, it's so impressive. And it, it speaks to the culture of this team. It speaks to the, the, the leadership of Jawan Howard and, the, and, and also the senior leadership, like Isaiah Livers, what you all mentioned, he saved the team with his play. He stepped up and did what a senior and a four year start, you know, part-time starter did. It was supposed to do. He did those things, and just yeah, I'm just really impressed, and I'm over over the overjoyed, over the moon, and really excited to see um, what this team will do. Yeah, Who do they have next. What do you say? Who do they have next? 
think it's a ranked team, right? I'm Rutgers. Not really sure. Home against Rutgers. That's on Thursday, I believe. Yeah. So they got enough time. I, I'm interested. I was impressed. I know it's tough to talk about their fitness, but I was pretty impressed with their fitness. Like I didn't see, you know, they got they got Hunter out. I think within you know five six minutes of the first half, like they made sure that he was going to get his rest. Davis came in, really spelled minutes there. But you know, Franz and Livers playing thirty eight minutes and keeping that again, I thought was really impressive. You know, everything I've heard uh, about all these things and, and like I don't know about you, Ant, but to me, it is the it is the rest days that that kill me. Like it, it's that it's coming back from the rest day. So when they play this game, I know they have a few days to get back to it. They got till Thursday, but like that's where I'm going to be curious about what their how their legs are Thursday because like now they got some they're amped a little bit, and, but Thursday is going to be a, like a bigger test, I believe. That acid, they better be eating the right things. They better be cold tubbing tonight. Um, whatever it is, you know, like they're they're going to really need to, um, they're going to need to really watch their bodies the next twenty four hours. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't see how they were able to do this endurance wise, and it does help playing a slower team like Wisconsin. But yeah. it sucks playing a more physical team. Um, Stu wasn't really caught down low much, um, but I play both perimeter and down low. So, like, mm-hmm. I enjoyed guarding, like, the guards. But then I get switched on – I get switched on to, like, John Lohr or somebody where I'm, like, banging down low. Like, that's a different type of endurance that you have to deal with. And I think this game – it tested their muscle endurance a lot more than their lung endurance. Um, I've said that a, a couple times now in in locker rooms, but I I I just kind of like you know, like want that to like get through. Um, playing a team like Wisconsin is like you're just wrestling for forty minutes straight, and um, and it just takes a much different toll on your body than if you play more of a finesse team who just wants to get up and down the court. And to that point, what I was noticing in the game, and it was nine to three offensive rebounds in favor of Michigan. There was possessions late in the second half where it was like everyone was boxing out on a on a perimeter three, and everyone had their guy boxed out perfectly. And that's very physical, but it's again, like you said, very mental. Like if anything, it's the most mental. You got to focus in, and after all this time being away, like that focus that that's one thing that'll rust. Uh, just as much, if not more, than legs. I'm with you. I'm going to get Dennis and Dallas in here. We had one other person. I'm not sure where they went. Uh, hey. Dennis, Dallas, what's up? What's hey, on, man. Boy? How you doing? Hey, doing all right. I just saw um, Jawan Howard said they asked him, did Brad Davidson elbow fire his team up? He said, I'm sure he did. <laughs> oh, most definitely. You can <laughs> yeah. tell. Like, you can yeah. Like, like, you know, Duke got elbowed, right? Very next possession, he goes get an and one from a physical drive. You know what I mean? Like, you could tell his mental just switched. And then on the opposite end, you can literally hear the def- the um, the uh, defensive chance coming from the bench. 
for yeah. that AAU right. theme. And that gets you going from a player's standpoint. The the bench is behind you, giving that energy. Um, there's nobody in the gym, so you have to bring your own. And um, I think that elbow woke up literally everybody, especially Mike. There's nothing quite as unifying as a uh, annoying white basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, I went back to take a look at what when exactly that happened and uh it was 18-17 left in the game and it was 32 to 43 after that Trice uh technical free throw and then from then on Michigan won the scoring 35 to 16 so it was really just completely switched after that I'm just very impressed with this team defense I feel like they they counted on the defense as they should until their offense got going. And I feel like the shot before half by Livers was key. And I just felt like when they defense, because they outscored them, like, I think, 40 to 20 in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I think Wagner had some key shots. And I think Dickinson offensive rebounding was key. Man. I just, I'm just very impressed watching this team, how they went in so many different ways, like whether it's a slow style, fast, like fast break style. Like this team is built to win so many different ways. And – Wisconsin, I think, played a good game in that first half. I feel like they they should have put Michigan away because, they, they, like you said earlier, and I feel like they should have went up by 17 or 20, but Livers kept them in the game. And Michigan just weathered the storm because their defense just kept them kept them in the game. We also got lucky with a lot of their bigs missing some open threes on the pick-and-roll game. Yeah, that, that's, that was one of my biggest problems. But at the same time, it was – it was like almost Wisconsin knew that Michigan was going to come back, and they played a little more timid. And they're like, "Oh shit! Like this is not good. We had this before. Like we've seen this before." And yeah, that's funny because Michigan is putting the fear in people, like yeah. like a seed, like 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 number one seeds do throughout the country. So that's kind of fun. I was impressed with Wisconsin guard Davis, the freshman they had off the bench. I was happy he didn't get to shoot that much. <laughs> He had a really good game. Yeah. He had a really good game. I am a big fan of his, his as well too. But I mean, today he was, he had like a couple of you know very, very you know just like getting to his shot and and all that stuff. But you know he was he was throwing up some difficult shots on France, and some of those were going in, and you you almost live with it. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're gonna beat us throwing these shots up over France. Hey, so be it. You guys won. But um, they stopped going to him, and they and their offense kind of just, like, stalled out. Like Stu yeah. said, I'm not sure why they don't just have Trice just in ball screens over and over and over with guys who can shoot and post. It's just super weird to me. Yeah. And I was impressed with Davis, too. I think Howard stole some minutes there in the second half. I don't know. It was around a 10-minute to 9-minute mark where they got, like, three straight fouls while Dickinson was on the bench. I felt like they stole some minutes there from Wisconsin, too. How many points did Trice have in the second half? Because, like you guys said, he was aggressive and attacking. And even when he was getting blocked, he was still going at Dickinson early on. And then the second half, it just kind of seemed like he was, like, a non-factor completely. Uh, it was more in the it was he was more impactful from the free throw line, like he was still getting to where he wanted to get to, um, but he just wasn't finishing. But the fact that he's able to break down the defense like that, um, and Wisconsin not taking advantage of that skill, <laughs> um, that's the part that I'm like laughing at. It's like, okay, you're not going to 
continuously use this guy who's breaking down the defense. And when you break down the defense, even if you're not scoring, like Stu said, he says something about a hockey assist. If you guys don't watch hockey, it's like it's like that pass gets that gets the next pass open. So the fact that he's going somewhere, attracting two or three, hits someone, but then the defense over rotates. That next pass is the one that scores the ball, and and it seemed like he can do whatever he wants in the game, and they're just not putting him in positions to really take full advantage, which I was fully okay. My other my other issue with it, I mean, it seems so simple that Davis and Dickinson are interior defenders, and Dickinson is a very good interior defender. Like, why are you not hammering their weakness? Just hammer the weakness. Like, why are you why are you letting these kids even put up crazy shots against Franz off the drive? Like, why why would you even begin to do that? That makes no sense to me. Exactly. And when Davis was in, I just would have gone pick and roll for the for that entire segment. But Davis came in, and Davis actually did a really good job. I think there was an emergency switch. And Davis had Trice on, like, the right wing from three with, like, ten seconds on the shot clock. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. But he did a really good job. And I don't even think Wisconsin got up a good shot. And little plays like that are things that, you know, win you possessions. And when you're in a low-scoring game, scoring one point, two points, three points, that stuff matters because all those things add up. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Literally every little thing adds up. I mean, there's all the little offensive rebounds that they had. I mean, it just – in these types of games, especially against a team like Wisconsin, it's – you know, I, I don't like to do the whole thing where people blame all the rest for everything, but, like, all that stuff does add up. Uh, Ryan had a good question here. Uh, felt like conditioning really was an issue after, after the first 10 minutes of the first half. So you think Jawan should have managed clock with timeouts a little bit better? Thoughts? Uh, for me, honestly, when you're coming back from that type of a layoff, there's you cannot mimic a game atmosphere in practice. It's the weirdest thing. Even though I thought practice was hard, was like harder than the actual game, game, like being in game shape and practice shape are like two very different things. Uh, I think after after the first nine or ten minutes, you saw some of that fatigue set in, and there's really nothing that he could have done outside of go a little bit deeper on the bench. Um, but when you're down on the road like that, I think he made the right decision in not going nine ten deep. Because if, if you go nine ten deep and that doesn't work, now you're putting yourself way behind the eight eight ball with a larger margin to wait to um, make up down the road. But I do think he made the right choice. If they were winning by seven or eight points, I do think you would have seen Zeb. You would have seen Terrence um, to just steal a couple minutes for some guys. But they just weren't in that position to really get that done. And I feel like they catch it. They caught a rhythm, too. And I feel like it was hard to break that rhythm in that second half. I feel like – they just start executing the offense. The flow was just really good, and I felt like you didn't want to break. I think it came down to to just observing Livers and Franz. Like as long as they were good, he was going to be good and have to, you know, he could stay 
only eight, seven, eight deep because, you know, those are his workhorses and they seem fine enough. I mean, they still, they still attack in the second half. And I think, you know, I think he's got a pretty good communication with both of them and understanding and, you know, they're, they're paying attention to how those guys are during the game and everything seemed fine with them for when I saw And you there? I'm here. I'm just reading this uh, Doug Gottlieb tweet. I think someone said. Yeah, I think Sam up. said. Yeah, I'm. I'm reading it now. Um, it's crazy. This stretch about to be nice. The Rucker and then the team in Columbus next Sunday. And I want to ask you about the offense real quick. About because what now? I want to ask you about the offense. What's up? Because I'm still. There's still something left to be desired with the post and getting yeah. Dickinson in position and also the movement off the ball, like on entry yeah. from the from the entry passer and from the weak side. And I just think there's still so much more that they can they can do. They can just be way more efficient with it. I don't know what you saw. I think so too. Um I think there should be there should be more activity, especially on the back side, because Whenever you feed the post, right, there's always there's always at least two shooters opposite. Um, those guys just standing there is always weird to me. Like, they've either got to just exchange the screen for each other. Um, the bigger guard, if he's up top, he cuts maybe to get, like, a face cut and then get out the way. Um, they can find better ways to get the ball to Hunter and – you know, you know, this was a tougher game for Custer, but dude is like automatic when he's like ISO in the paint. So we have to find better ways to get him the ball at five, six feet, not get him the ball at 11 or 12. Um, there is something to be desired there. I think there can be more, a um, little bit more intricacies, a little bit, a little bit more. Um, what's God, the word? You know what I would love to see is like a cross screen from Franz and Franz rolls back up to the free throw line. You got Dickinson coming across the lane towards the ball on the strong side. And then you got dual attack right there. I mean, there's just a lot. I know we talked about it before and this team's very free flowing, but this team is so big and they're so big on the perimeter with <laughs> so tall. <laughs> Yo. They're so but, tall, know, dog. With screening. They're so tall. When Shawnee's in at the two, that's like me. But I got to yeah. guard. Who would I guard? Would I guard Livers or Franz? I'd guard Livers. I'd guard Livers. Probably. Yeah, and then just, they're just massive. Seven, two, six, nine, six, eight. <laughs> I mean, they're just a massive team. And I think that we can find some more opportunities for them. I do like the fact that they do get uh, they do get livers on the block quite, quite a bit and let him work. Um, yeah. But once again, you do still want to see that backside action. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would just love to see livers giving it more in the post and then, you know, just rotating uh, 
by himself on the strong side, like if his man's going to help down, like you're just going to chuck it. Like if you give him any sort of daylight, I mean, that ball is going to come back to livers and it's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it gets really stagnant at times, which sucks. Um, But at the same time, it comes back to just get the ball to your, just get the ball to a guy who can get his and put him in his favorite spots. Yep. You know, and, you know, and just let him work. And whether he works to score or works to attract and then, you know, but like guys have to like be on the same page in terms of who's cutting, who's moving around and all that too. Let me get some more guys in here. Sam, Nate, what's up? What's up guys? How you doing? What's up, man? All right. Doing all right. Good. Uh, I think off of like right out of halftime, that face cut was open with livers. I think that was a set play right off the bat when Dickinson got that ball in the post. Mm. And I didn't see him go back to that much, but I think that they saw the same thing you guys are saying, like Wisconsin the first half backside. They they were all looking right at Dickinson that whole time. But um, on the defensive side, how you guys are saying before about the, I don't know, the how Trice was coming off that ball screen and Dickinson and Davis had that good possession on him. I was really nervous about that. Trice getting that pull up or anything from mm. that area. But I think they defended it well today. Yeah, They're so obsessed with running the swing. It's actually comical. <laughs> <laughs> that ancient ass offense. They're so yeah. obsessed with running it. Do you remember when we played them and it was a 35 second shot clock? Oh, Jesus. Brutal. Oh, and then they'll get the rebound and then hold it for another 35 oh, seconds because it did, didn't get back to 20. 20 back you, have to, you have to get on the bike after the game just to get a sweat, bro. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't need a shower after that game. What are you talking about? I smell great. <laughs> How are you not tired? Dude, I played Wisconsin today. Wisconsin? <laughs> not Purdue. Oh, my God. Yeah. The style of play is so funny. Like, they're so hell-bent on running the swing. Come on, guys. Get in that continuity. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's swing they, the ball from side to side. Get some back screens in. A few posts from players I, that aren't even our best players. I wish they were just, like, honest about it and just came out and said, yeah, we just want to make the game as you know, low as possession as possible so we can stay in it and keep within five points because that's how you win games. Uh, but they were just, you know, they gave the typical bullshit where it's like, no, we want to work the ball and work it around and share it. And it's like, no, that's not why you're doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so hell-bent. What's up, Sam? They should – I was just going to say, they should just abuse Trice in the pick and roll with I, – I thought Potter played pretty good today. They should just run him and and – him in the pick and roll and let Davis go to work occasionally. Uh, but they're, like you guys said, they're just so obsessed with running their offense. They're my least favorite team in the country to watch by a mile. It's not, like, enjoyable whatsoever. They really are. Like, they go through probably ridiculous conditioning just to run the swing. <laughs> yeah. I would have just... 40 possessions a game. <laughs> I... like, it's like, yo, like, coach, why are we running if we don't run in the game? <laughs> like, come on, man. Come on, my guy. Yeah, I've never uh, seen transition. Yeah, that, yeah, that's hilarious. But I do like the fact, uh, 
you know, uh, Don brought about up a really good point with the, with, you know, with Michigan being a, able to win in, in different ways, right? Um, we haven't really seen the low scoring win yet against the Big Ten team. There was the there was the Penn State game, but that game was coming off of you know we weren't playing that well early on, in my opinion. Um, so that was a weird game. But outside of there, I mean, we're pretty much running up scores. You know, we're beating, you know, we're winning by twenty three. We're winning by twenty five. We're winning by twenty four. Where we're winning by seventeen at Purdue. That doesn't happen, bro. At at Mackey, I don't care if there's no fans. Like Purdue is tough. That is a good team. That is a well coached team with Matt Painter. I mean, they're. I mean, like we're blowing teams out, and the and the fact that they had this game, top twenty five team on the road, slow paced. You're down fourteen in the first half, and you find a way to claw back and win the game. Very impressive, bro. Very very impressive. I can't. You know, no hate, no hate from me. I hated the fact that Johns didn't run more five for Davis, and I still think that. But the way that they won this game, uh, very impressed. And Stu came with the cliche of gritty, but there's really no other word for it. No, no, it's that mental toughness that I think we have talked about before. I've talked about it before, and just knowing that this team's going to stay focused and they can beat you in a variety of ways, but they haven't had that test yet. So it is nice to see it and be proven right on that. And then also, you know, that gives them confidence to know, Hey, we can, we can always call back. We, we know we always have it uh, in our back pocket. Like even if we're not starting out great. So I think that they need games like that. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, it's all fun when you're always up by 10, 15 points exactly. in the first in second half, the game comes so much easier. The basket's a lot bigger. But when someone else has the gun and you guys are shooting back and forth, it's a little bit different. You yeah. know what I mean? Still, It's a little bit different. So, um, But this win, most impressive win this year, in my opinion. Most impressive win. Not the only ranked win, but the most impressive one. And my kid is yeah. going nuts back there. I was <laughs> I was one. I was the guy that brought up the uh, Doug got. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Golly tweet. Yeah, and it, I see it a lot. Um, I, I'm starting to wonder if there's like, I don't want to get into the whole like a little bit of racial undertones because it's constantly being brought up how like Juwan like it's all about Phil Martelli and I think Phil Martelli's a good assistant coach and all that. Um, but it's like they're constantly trying to discredit like Juwan Howard and it's just kind of like gotten to the point where it's like the guy's just a good coach like you can't like discredit him like and it's like all national guys good like i'm not trying to say i know you work with good jeff goodman he's but at first like it was kind of like he's not going to succeed because he was in the nba and and it was it's like takes like that not saying goodman does it anymore i don't want to offend your boss Stu, but um it's just kind of like i don't know if that's like a thing with juan but it feels like it. I don't know what your guys' opinions are that way on that. I think it. Yeah, there's definitely some racial undertones there, and you know, I don't really know how to begin to to speak to that. But I also believe that it's like everyone doubting Juwan from the very beginning, just because he was so new to it and hadn't coached, and you know that doesn't work, and that's not going to work. It's never worked, and how people 
value experience so much, especially in college basketball. Oh, like, all that gets brought up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, like, oh, this guy has 800 wins in college basketball. He must be the best coach ever, and he could be, you know, out of touch with the game today. And, and if he, if he, you know, not doing well, like we just, we associate success and future success with weird things in college basketball. And, you know, we don't know how to evaluate a guy like Juwan. So then when we, we think that he's not going to do well, we then turn around and have to explain his success in different ways. And it's Phil Martelli and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, just let the guy live, man. Yeah. Let him be successful. I'm with you there. And, you know, what What? What has helped Jawan? you know, he has hired a really good staff. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't come into a dumpster fire oh, like a lot of these yeah. NBA coaches do. Like Patrick. Uh, he didn't come into a dumpster fire. He came into a good situation with good culture. He had upperclassmen who had um, who were very successful. So it's not like he's coming in like, like our 07-08 team where we – had everyone graduate the year before and now you have a group who's never seen an NCAA tournament and all your best players are underclassmen. This was not that situation. That's the difference D-line is because he was always used to coaching less talent and then he had to to learn how to coach more talent and he did a really great job of that. But Juwan's the type of guy where like you know from the very beginning Juwan knows how to coach talent because he comes from the NBA, he knows how to communicate with guys that are talent. He knows how to manage talent. Like you can just see it from the very beginning. So you're right. It does help that he's had that talent from the very start. And JB yeah. was more like a Mr. Fix-It. Like, he went into situations. This, yep. is from like early, this is from, like, early Division three, Division two. Like, he would go to a program. That coach didn't just leave because he retired. He, he left because he was doo-doo. And he was taking these programs over and pretty much within five years turning them into a a conference contender, right? And then he leave and do the same thing over and over and over. And then when he got to Michigan, same thing. Within five years, he I'm pretty sure he won a Big Ten championship, right? Hold on, hold on. Eight, nine, zero, one, two. Yep. He won a Big Ten championship. Got Michigan back to the NCAA tournament, but where do you really go from Michigan, you know, college basketball-wise? Like, Kansas is not opening up. Duke isn't opening up for JP, you know what I mean? So his so he loved Michigan, so he stayed there for 11, 12 years, and then his next step was the NBA, you know, and that's just how that goes. And he wanted to, to do the same thing there, but it's a different monster at that level. Um yeah. But Juwan coming into a good situation helps a lot. It helps a lot, and it and it helps a ton. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be successful if he were in a Mister Fix It type of situation, um, but it does help the transition from where he was um, to where Michigan is at now. And but a lot of undertones with tweets like this that can like really come off the wrong way. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I, I think that what you said, Ann, is completely true. Like, I was, I would say Xavier Simpson and John Teske were like so huge for Juwan because, like, guys like Jerry Stackhouse and like Patrick Ewing and um, like former NBA guys that come in, like, they don't have that stable environment and two senior leaders who've been to a national championship, and so it helped establish like a ground for Juwan and like he could recruit off the success they had last year. Um, 
so as you've seen, he's kind of turned into that momentum. And he was able to like have that floor of those two guys that were basically going to do whatever it took to get Michigan to the um, NCAA tournament. And I think like, like you said, like Phil Martelli's a great hire. And if, and if guys, if you want to credit Juwan and, and be skeptical of him when he was first hired, I think that's completely understandable. Like I was too, like, I mean, I was excited, but I didn't know he was going to be like this good, but it's just like the constant, like trying to, trying to like undermine him and like, point out his flaws and not give him full credit that just gets a, kind of annoying. That's all I was uh, thinking. And, and I think that the racial undertone. I'm with you, man. Um, that's all I got. I don't want to make this fluffy. I, I don't want to make this super, you know, I don't want to make this longer than it needs to be. Uh, I do appreciate everybody coming through. Uh, Stu has his own podcast. Um, go ahead, Stu. Plug, plug all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, it's a Go Blue with podcast. Feel the 68 Network. Find it on iTunes, Spotify. Maybe we'll put that this conversation up there. Uh, I had a lot of great, lot of great conversations with former players and and coaches, and hopefully some good ones coming up. So check it out. Most definitely, man. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. That was a huge win. Big win. Uh probably be back here on Thursday after the Rutgers game. Oh, yeah. Uh I and I'm interested to see how their bodies are for that game. Um it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna yeah. be interesting. Tuned in. All right. I'll see you guys. All Thanks, right. Stu. Yep. Thanks, Ant. Later. <laughs>